Hi, this is Daniel Sandoval from the Sandoval Bench Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, news, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from basketball to football to soccer and esports. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your phone to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. That's betonline.net. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. I hope everyone had a good holiday season. Mine was all right. I went to three different places, but uh, good to have some time off of work. For this week's episode, wanted to get into some NBA. Uh, Luca had an amazing stat line yesterday. Uh, first time we've ever seen a 60-20-10 game, and he has been... He has been on one lately, and um, he's keeping the, the Dallas Mavericks afloat. want to get to some of the Christmas games in the NBA and uh, some of the NFL stuff, storylines. Um, and then there's some baseball news that is very upsetting for me. Uh, we'll get into that. J.J. Watt retired um, and some firings here in the NFL. Uh, let's start with Luka. Um, so Luka, yeah, had an amazing game against... The New York Knicks, 60 points, 20 rebounds, 10 assists. He's only 23 years old. This is the first time we've ever seen that stat line. Um, I mean, if you think about it right now, the three best players arguably in the NBA right now are international players. You have Giannis, Jokic from Denver, and then you have Luka, of course, from Dallas. Um, you know, with Steph Curry's out for the month, um, an aging LeBron. Katie is still great. You know, the, the Nets have won nine straight. Uh, but for what Luka is doing at such a young age, 23 years old, uh, not even fully in shape, like ever, but just the way that he plays the game, he's just so fierce offensively. Obviously needs to improve defensively, but I think that'll come with time. You know, he has the, the, he has a size for it. You know, he can do that. He's He's got a big body. But um, it's just amazing what we're seeing from Luka. I mean, even two two games prior, I believe it was, he had his, uh, his career-high 50-point game. And every game he's playing is just getting better and better. Um, I think as far as MVP goes, you know, he, he's always in the running. Like, I think MVP voters want to vote for him, but then... You know, he starts off slow or he kind of winds down as the season goes along. Or the the Mavericks don't have a good enough record for him to win the MVP. Because most of the time you have to be, you know, like top three in the conference, right? Um, usually they're like five, six, you know, they're kind of on the bottom. Uh, but mostly it's because of him keeping him afloat. Because if he wasn't on this Mavericks team or any of these Mavericks teams, like, you know, the Mavericks would be bottom of the West. Because they just don't have that star power or anyone who's that consistent offensively, you know, outside of maybe, uh, 
Spencer Dinwiddie and, you know, even Christian Wood hasn't been a great signing. You know, and then they lost Jalen Brunson in the offseason. So there has to be more responsibility for Luka and, you know, he has to control the offense a lot more. Because um, we saw what Jalen Brunson could do when Luka was injured during the playoffs and how he can lead the team. Um, so for Luka and the Dallas Mavericks, it's just all predicated on whatever Luka can do. You know, and a lot of people talk about he doesn't have the weapons around him, but damn, he doesn't have that, like the talent around him. But I mean, look what he's doing. You know, he's still getting guys involved. He's never been a great rebounder, but he had 20 rebounds yesterday. And it's the New York Knicks team that, you know, they were on like a seven game win streak and, you know, they look like legit contenders in the East. I don't, I still don't believe them as, as uh, legit contenders. They look better than they have years past. Uh, but you know they they didn't play well against the Sixers on Christmas Day, right? They they couldn't stop Embiid. Harden had a good game, and you know they kind of came back down to reality. But Brunson's been playing well. Julius Randle's improved from last year's. Last year he seemed a lot frustrated, but they've had some guys in and out of the lineup. But uh, amazing game from Luca. I expect more games like that. Um, but when he catches fire, like it, you can't really stop him. And especially when the postseason comes around, you know, like last year, they made it all the way to the conference finals. You know, they can continue to do that. I just, I don't, I'm not sure if this team is built for a championship, but you never know because other teams get injured, other things happen. You know, I didn't expect them to go to the conference finals and to to do what they did to the Suns in the second round in that game seven in Phoenix, blowing them out like that. I did not expect that, but they did it. So. Um, you know, when postseason comes around, anything can happen. Uh, but just, yeah, just a phenomenal game by Luca. So recapping some of the Christmas games. I love the Christmas NBA games. They're always so fun. Um, some of them, they weren't that good. You know, Luca and Dallas Mavericks, you know, they beat the, the Lakers. The Lakers have been struggling. The only one really have a great game was LeBron with 38 points. Uh, Anthony Davis is out for a month. You know, this was just when he was rolling. He was having 50-point uh, games and, you know, really having a strong presence defensively. And he was his shots were getting better. And now he's out for a month. So now the Lakers are trying to see if he's going to avoid surgery. But, you know, that's the last thing you want to hear from Anthony Davis because, you know, there's always, always injury risk with him. Uh, but LeBron had a good game that, that day, 38 points. Um, you know, Luka had 32, but uh, Mavericks ended up pulling away. And then the marquee game was the the nightcap game, which was between the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. Went into overtime. Jokic had an amazing stat line. It, you know, it's just Luka... Jokic and Giannis, who just have these amazing games. Uh, Jokic had 41 points, 15 rebounds, and 15 assists on 64% shooting. Like, it's just amazing what what he can do. Um, and I think I'd pick them to win the West, I want to say. I thought that, well, not win the West doesn't go to the finals, but as far as regular season, have the number one seed in the West. They're currently number one. At 22 and 11, they're slowly pulling away, but they've been consistent. You know, um, Aaron Gordon has taken that next step this year. He's actually playing 
he can be an all-star actually, you know, because when the, they had traded him for him initially, that was a big move because he was the number one guy in Orlando and the Nuggets didn't need a number one guy. They just needed, you know, number three, number four guy. He, they needed him to be the best number three, number four guy in the NBA because they already had Jamal Murray, Jokic, and then Michael Porter Jr., who's often injured. But So if he's injured, you need Aaron Gordon to step into that, that third spot. But really, he's the fourth option, and he needs to flourish in that role, and he has been uh, this year. So they're winners of five straight. Um, yeah, I think they're, you know, if they stay healthy, they're the, they're the ones in the West that'll, that'll want to get home court advantage. So they'll be fighting for that, that number one seed, uh, Grizzlies and Warriors was the game I was most focused on because, uh, Warriors were, you know, they're coming from the Grizzlies when the Grizzlies lost in the playoffs, Warriors win the championship and, you know, John Morant and, uh, Draymond have this back and forth. And John Morant wanted to play the Warriors on Christmas Day, talking all this shit and saying, hey, you know, book it. We we want to play on Christmas Day. And Draymond's like, oh, that's only for champions. We play at home. And so they, uh, the NBA schedule makers see all this drama. And they're like, all right, well, let's give them Christmas Day. So they gave Memphis and Golden State on Christmas Day. And, of course, the Warriors won again, 123-109. And for the Grizzlies, you know, they just talk so much like they've already won something. They haven't won anything. They've had, they had the second seed in the West last year, right? And the Warriors had third seed. And they still underachieve every year in the playoffs. And this year, you know, like, uh, John Morant has taken that next step. He had 36 points. He's better offensively. He can get other guys involved. Desmond Bain... You know, he, he was injured. He was out for like a month. He's been back for three games now and hasn't been good at all. Uh, you know, Dylan Brooks is still Dylan Brooks, but hasn't matured offensively that well. He's still inconsistent. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is having a better game. Like, they have guys, right? They're a deep team. But then, you know, John Morant, if, a couple weeks ago, he's, he's doing this Bleach Report interview with uh, Taylor Rooks, and he's like, oh, I'm good in the West. I'm not worried about anybody in the West. It's like, dude, you guys haven't even won anything yet. Like, you you haven't even been to the conference finals yet. Like, you haven't had a deep run in the playoffs yet. And, you know, the Warriors are the ones that just won the championship. But you guys act like you already won. I get it. They're young guys and, you know, they're maturing together and all this stuff. But, damn, to act like you already won it when you haven't even done anything. And then Dylan Brooks last year... Talking about, uh, oh, we got to keep this dynasty alive. You guys haven't won one championship. Why would you talk about a dynasty? Uh, so the Warriors naturally, you know, stepped up to the plate in a big game. Uh, Clay had a great game, 24-9. Um, Draymond, 13-13. But big game from Jordan Poole, got ejected, uh, 32 points. And um, this is without Steph Curry. This is without the, the Warriors' best player, uh, you know, like John Morant had a quiet 36. He had 36, but it was like, you know, the shots weren't in big moments in the game to keep them in the game when they needed to be. And then the Warriors ended up pulling away. Um, baby steps for the Grizzlies. You know, I, I say this a lot. It's like you need guys with more experience who have been there, who know what it takes, who aren't going to, you know, run their mouth all the time. But when you do say something like, of course, talk talk some trash and all that stuff, but you got to be able to back it up. You wanted the Christmas game. You got the Christmas game, and Dylan Brooks is like, oh, it's okay, it steps out. I like that matchup better with Clay Thompson. 
Bro, t- Clay Thompson still had 24 points. Like, where were we at, Dylan Brooks? Like, I, I just don't understand this. Like, they they talk such a big game like they've already won. Like, I don't even have them, let's see, in the West. I mean, they're good record-wise, but I wouldn't have them beating the Nuggets. Um, I mean, maybe they could beat the Suns, but I don't I don't think they could beat the, Luka and the Mavericks. I don't have them beating the Pelicans with all their guys healthy. I think the Pelicans are still a better team. Definitely don't have them beating the Warriors. So I think they're like the fifth best team in the West. Like I would ha- I would still have, yeah, like four other teams better than them um, out of the West. Like I just don't fully trust the Grizzlies. And I like John Morant. He could be an MVP, but I just, I don't, I don't get the, I mean, sure, be confident, but just like the, the way they go about it, it's like they already won something when they haven't won anything. Uh, Celtics and and Bucks was good. I think the the leader. I know it's really early to uh, to discuss MVP stuff, but uh, what what Jason Tatum has been doing has been amazing. You know, forty one points, and even Jalen Brown has has evolved his game, and he's better offensively. But Jason Tatum, you can tell he's really worked in the offseason and has really learned from that loss in the finals against the Warriors. Um, because usually I have the Bucks just always being the Celtics, but the Celtics really put it on them, 139-118. Um, yeah, Jason Tatum is doing so many different things this year that are a lot better. Um, he's just more of a complete player now. Uh, now but the, the only thing I want to see is like how he can actually carry that over into the postseason because we saw you know early in the postseason the early rounds of the playoffs he was he was playing amazing but then it seemed like he just kind of wore out in the NBA finals and you know he couldn't make adjustments offensively to the uh, defensive sets of the Warriors and he wasn't really elevating guys that's been my thing with Jason Tatum is that he doesn't really elevate guys like they can people he just kind of plays within his own his own little bubble there and um, people don't play better because of him. But this year, it's just different. You know, they're still first place in the East, 25-10, and 10, uh, winners of three straight. But the hottest team right now in the East is the Brooklyn Nets, winners of nine straight. So they're in the third spot now at 22-10, and 10, or 22-12. and 12. Uh, Kyrie's been playing well. KD's been playing well. Their supporting cast has been amazing. There hasn't been any drama anymore, right? Like, we haven't heard anything from Kyrie, which is good. Which is, like, that was my issue with, like, the over-under podcast this year. was, like, I couldn't decide on the Nets. Like, was if Kyrie is cool and he just plays basketball and he's healthy and if KD's healthy and they're just, like, there's nothing going on, there's just no drama, then they could be a top three C in the East. But I didn't didn't know if that was going to happen. I, I, th- I didn't know if Kyrie Irving, I still don't know if Kyrie Irving is going to be on the team the whole year. seems like if he's quiet, then yeah. But uh, that's why I had them. I think I had them as a play-in team just because I trusted, I mean, I, I trusted the Miami Heat in their eighth spot right now, which is just terrible. But um, yeah, I trusted the Celtics, Bucks, and even the Cavaliers and the Sixers kind of. But yeah, I had a, I had the Nets as a, as a play-in team just because I didn't trust Kyrie Irving, you know, obviously KD is going to be there, but, you know, he's more injury prone as he's, you know, getting into his mid-30s and he's had some major injuries. But, 
yeah, this team this team could have a, a deep playoff run. I don't think they can beat the Bucks and the Celtics though. I think the better matchup would be for them would to be against the Cavaliers in the playoffs, who they just beat. Um, but yeah, everyone, everyone else kind of you know, no one has any good win streaks. I mean, the Knicks just had as we discussed earlier. I think it was an eight game win streak, seven game win streak. Now they've lost four straight. So um, you know everything fluctuates here with the NBA and then as far as the West goes you know we mentioned the Nuggets winners of five straight and then the Pelicans are in the second spot Grizzlies third spot the Clippers I know I said I was done with the Clippers but you know Kawhi has been playing better and has been playing more uh they're in the fourth spot and then the the Suns in the fifth and then the Mavericks are still you know winners of four straight but they're still in the sixth spot in the in the West right um that's what I'm saying. Without Luca, they that team is is not a playoff team. And then you have uh, the Kings and Blazers in the seventh eighth spot. And then nine, ten, eleven, you have uh, Jazz, Warriors, and Timberwolves. I do believe the Warriors will make the playoffs once Steph gets right. Once Kaminga and Wiseman, they get more, and Moody, they get more playing time. Uh, Clay Thompson has been playing better after all that stuff early in the season. He's more comfortable. He's hitting more shots. Um, I don't think the Timberwolves are going to make the playoffs. Um, just, just based on the Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Rudy Gobert combo, I just don't. I don't like it. It's like I don't know. It just clogs the paint for Anthony Edwards and like the playing, like the chemistry is not there. It's not what it was last year. Um, so I don't like it at all. But um, yeah, just I don't think they they did made a big trade and they gave a lot. For gave up a lot for Rudy Gobert and they got worse and it's not it's not looking good at all. Uh, Lakers, I don't I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. They have them as a playing team, but I, they might not make the playoffs because I mean Anthony Davis is out for a month. They might he might get reevaluated and might miss more time. Like who knows? Moving back to the East, I think Zach Levine is going to force his way out with the Chicago Bulls. If you remember. Zach Levine was on that Timberwolves team when they had Carl Anthony Towns and um, Andrew Wiggins, and then it was Zach Levine. They traded Zach Levine to Chicago, and this was Chicago's like big um, acquisition to kind of get them back to relevancy. And then they signed DeMar DeRozan, got Alonzo Ball. They kind of put this team together. They were really good last year. I thought they could have made a deep run. I liked how they played together. But then they had a bunch of injuries, you know, um, that Alex Caruso missed some time. Lonzo, like, missed the whole year, basically. Um, they just never were fully assembled. And this year, they're not playing well at all. They're 11th in the East, 14 and 19. Um, Zach Levine has reportedly been called out by teammates in, in practices and all that stuff. And... Um, I think he's going to request a trade. I don't think he liked when they signed DeMar DeRozan and then the whole offense kind of went through DeRozan and he seems like he feels like he got, you know, passed over, right? And it might be him and it might be DeRozan that requests a trade. Like they might just blow it up. And I think they do need to blow it up. You know, they took some risks with, um, with all these guys and it does take time. But the way that they gelled so fast last year was kind of amazing, and I was really impressed. They had the best offseason. Uh, but it's clearly not working. Like, if you look at all the other teams, like, I mean, the Cavaliers just got, they just signed Donovan Mitchell, like, this offseason, and they're already better than the Bulls. The Heat, who are, like, 
just ancient now and can't do the same things that they could two years ago, they're even better. And then they spot like the Raptors. Like there's so many teams that are better than the Bulls. And I don't trust the, like betting wise. I just don't trust the Bulls at all. Um, so we'll see. I think that's going to happen here. There's some. There's a lot of rumblings, but I think that's going to happen like either off season or maybe sooner, like towards the end of the season. Uh, moving on to the NFL. Uh, before we get into some games, JJ Watt announced his retirement uh, from the NFL. Great career for him. He had a like a five year run where he was the best defensive player in the league. This was like before Aaron Donald came on the scene. He was winning. Uh, defensive players of the year i think he had an mvp too like he was so good overall good dude you know raised a lot of money for hurricane harvey for the houston area um i would have loved to see him in like big playoff games and big um big moments maybe in a super bowl but um he's a hall of famer without that though i truly believe and then let's see what else some quick storylines here uh we'll get into the denver broncos but nathaniel hackett was fired didn't even let him finish the season uh russell wilson had a terrible game uh his last game he had three interceptions he had to fire nathaniel hackett like he had no coach experience this was just a disaster from the start no signs of improving whatsoever um okay one brief thing on on baseball carlos correa i was excited about him signing with the giants the giants announced that they're postponing the introductory press conference i was at work i saw it on my phone i'm like hmm i'm like that's weird that doesn't usually happen maybe there's some travel delays or something because they just gave this guy uh was it 13 years 260 million dollars or 360 million dollars um and then like an hour later i look at bleach report i see that uh they, they postponed it they haven't talked to him whatever whatever and i woke up in the morning in the middle of the night while everyone was sleeping, the New York Mets stole him away from the San Francisco Giants, and he signs for a 12-year, $320 million contract, something like that. Naturally, I was very upset because um, this was, you know, they swung and missed on Aaron Judge, and now they missed on Carlos Correa, and now they don't get, they don't really get anyone in the, um, in the offseason. They didn't get that face of the franchise type of player. But, um, yeah, he failed his physical, I guess. Or there was, like, physical. There was concerns with the physical. And there was a difference of opinion on a medical issue that he was facing. I have never heard of this medical issue. But if they feel that way, then, okay. Like, they have their doctors. Like, I didn't I didn't get to take a look at his leg. Because I heard two rumors. I heard it was a degenerative back disorder or something. Where, like, his back is just not going to be the same towards the end of the contract. I don't expect him to be able to play in the last five years of his contract. That's just me. I'm sorry. But I don't think a shortstop is going to be able to play into his late 30s to early 40s at a high level. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, but that just seems realistic to me. Um, but then I heard that it was like he had a leg injury early in his career and that there's some complications with it and he's not going to be able to move around in his early 30s. So not even in his late 30s, early 40s, it's like his early 30s, there might be some issues there. So 
the Giants naturally balked at that and were like, I don't want to, we don't want to commit 13 years to this guy, right? And then Scott Boris, his agent, gave them a time frame. He said that the Giants ghosted him, which wasn't true. They were still trying to negotiate, uh, but they wanted a shorter deal. Obviously, like let's get let's get five years, which I wanted. Let's get five years, three hundred million. You get the same, like you get a really high average every year, but it's short term deal, so we don't we don't lose out on our investment in you. You don't have, you know, we're not going to see like your like massive decline. You you still get three hundred million dollars, but shorter time. Then you could possibly get if you're still healthy enough, you could possibly get another contract with the Giants or elsewhere, right? Um, so while that was happening, Scott Boris gave him a, a certain time frame, but they still needed to discuss because they found this in the in the medical report. But then he signs with the Mets. The Mets are you know gloating. Everyone's making fun of the Giants. I'm like, okay, whatever. But the contract was pending a physical, pending a physical. He goes with the throughout the physical process with the New York Mets. The Mets find the same issue that the Giants found with his leg. First time I'm ever hearing about this. This guy doesn't get injured. He's usually healthy. I guess it was early in his career when he was like 22 or something. But they had the same issues with the with the, the same issues that the Giants had with his leg. So I don't blame the Giants for it at all. If the Mets want to sign him, that's fine. If they want to sign him for 10 years and then he starts getting injured and missing a lot of time and they still have to pay him and he's never on the field, I'm okay if the Giants don't sign that person. I'm fine with that. But to blame the Giants when it's it's Scott Boris and Carlos Correa obviously like trying to hide something, it seems like. Like something's weird here. Because it that should have been known information by executives before they were signing him. But it wasn't like they didn't just fool the Giants, they fooled the Mets. And maybe that's why maybe other teams knew about it and weren't trying to sign him right away. So the the deal isn't even official with the Mets. It's like a 50-50, but there have been no conversations between both parties reportedly. And so he might not sign that deal with the Mets because the Mets obviously want a shorter deal. Uh, I, I guess the Giants are still in play. Like he wanted to go to San Francisco. San Francisco wanted him. He was excited. He was home shopping, all that stuff. Um, so I think he will get a deal done probably in New York um, because he probably felt like he was probably upset with the Giants. But the, the, the Mets are doing the same thing. You got to be careful with the money. You got to be safe. So I think he'll end up getting a shorter deal, but he wants a long-term deal still. But if no team's offering that, then, I mean, where are you going to get it? You know, like you have maybe another country, they'll sign you to 10 years, but you're not going to get the same, you know, MLB money that you would be getting. Um, so this, the saga hasn't ended. I have no idea what's going to happen or who, which team's going to sign him, but I'm assuming that it's probably going to be the, uh, the Mets for a shorter contract, probably like seven year, five to seven years, maybe. But uh, depends how much time he has left on those on those legs on that leg. It doesn't seem like as much time because he's only he's twenty eight years old, so he's in his physical prime. But that prime might not last as long. Like he might be thirty two and might be on the on the IL for you know sixty games at a time. Um, okay, so that's that's my baseball news here. Um, yeah, let's get into NFL. So they fired Nathaniel Hackett, the Denver Broncos, and they're basically going to give the Seahawks uh, a brand new, brand new quarterback, top four pick. Uh, okay, so we have some games here. The 49ers and Brock Purdy dominated the the Washington Commanders, thirty seven to twenty. 
on Christmas Eve. They moved to 11-4, and and the Commanders have decided to bench Tyler Heineke, or Taylor Heineke. I always get that one mixed up. And they're going to start Carson Wentz. They are in the spot. They're in the playoffs, basically, because they have the seventh spot. They are at... Let me see what their record was. There were seven and seven, I want to say, or yeah, seven, seven, and one. So they have the last seventh spot, even though they lost two straight, because the Seahawks lost three straight and the Lions lost. So they're seven, eight, seven, and eight. And then the Packers can actually still get in the playoffs because they've won three straight and they're seven and eight. And yeah, so it's just, it's crazy. So now they're turning back to Carson Wentz. To try to make a postseason run. It's just crazy how the NFC is this year. Um, I don't think they'll do anything in the playoffs, but it's just it's crazy that that team that was so horrible in the beginning of the season and have all the drama with Dan Snyder and they're still able to make the playoffs potentially. Monday night, I don't know why we keep getting the Colts and the Chargers on Monday night or like at different games, but it's really upsetting to me that I keep having to watch the Colts in prime time. I, I, why do we watch the Colts in prime time? Why? Why do they schedule these, this team in prime time? So many times. There's four standalone games where I'm watching the fucking Colts and, and Jeff Saturday. I don't want to watch them anymore. I'm tired of watching them. They scored three points offensively. They had that terrible game against Minnesota where they gave up a 33-point lead at halftime. I'm tired of it. I get the Chargers because they have Justin Herbert, but even the Chargers, like they just they lose in a Charger way. Something bad always happens. Um, but the Chargers are twenty, and they won twenty to three. Buccaneers barely got a win against the Cardinals without Kyler Murray. Um, they won nineteen to nineteen to sixteen. So now the Buccaneers are seven and eight. Wow, and they're winning the division, so they're probably gonna make the playoffs at. You know, under 500 maybe. Uh, the Rams, this is why Nathaniel Hackett got fired because the Rams scored 51 points on the Broncos and the Broncos scored 14 points, points which is a great offensive output for them because uh, Russell Wilson usually gets you nine points and they got 14. But just a uh, Merry Christmas to Nathaniel Hackett and the Denver Broncos. That's what, that's what the Los Angeles Rams said to him. So they scored 51 points on him. Just insane. Packers are still in the playoff race, obviously, as I said, uh, with the 7-8 and eight record. Beating the Dolphins 26-20. to 20. Tua just looked horrible through three interceptions. They have regressed a lot. They're losers of four straight. Tua reportedly had another concussion. He's had his third concussion this year. I don't know if he's going to continue playing this year. They're they're like right there in the last in the final spot in the playoffs, but they're losers the fourth straight. They might miss the playoffs. They have two weeks. There's two weeks left of the season. They might miss the playoffs. They're one of the hottest teams in the in the NFL. Um, everything was working for them, but I've, whatever team they play, I forgot what team they played before the 49ers. Like that's when it started, and like Tua didn't look good. I think it was the Chargers. Tua didn't look good against the Chargers, and. Then they played the 49ers, and he looked worse. And then, I mean, against the Packers, like the Packers, they were supposed to have a good defense. Their, their defense hasn't been good this year. And Aaron Rodgers is still staying the course, you know, playing, like, well enough to get some wins, and they're still in the playoff race, you know. And the these are two teams going opposite directions. Uh, Raiders and Steelers, I don't even want to talk about that one. The Raiders lost in a horrible way. Um, yeah. 
That one doesn't matter. Uh, Cowboys put 40 on the Eagles, 40 to 34. Uh, the Eagles were without Jalen Hurts, though, and they still put up 34 points. Gardner Minshew, I think he deserves to be a starter in the NFL at some point next year. Um, he's just too good of a backup to just only be a backup. Uh, Texans beat the Titans 19 to 14. Um, it seems like the Titans are out. Might be out of the postseason. Uh, Bengals are the hottest team in the NFL to in the in the AFC at least. I think they're winners of eight straight. They beat the Patriots 22 to 18. Um, the Niners are the hottest team in the NFC. Winners of nine straight. So those team those two teams seem like they could potentially be on a collision course. But I still I still trust the Chiefs the most. I believe at this point. Uh, Panthers put 37 on the Lions, uh, 37 to 23, still fighting for that playoff contention, that playoff spot. They just need uh, the Buccaneers to lose so they can tie and then see who gets the tiebreaker. Vikings barely escaped from the Giants, 27-24. I do not believe in the Vikings whatsoever. They only have, you know, they're barely the second spot, but look at the, the way that they, like they've been winning, but they barely beat the Giants. They should have beat them by a lot more. They barely beat the Colts, who, I mean, the Colts are terrible, and they were down 33 points at halftime. Why are we not talking about that enough? They're talking about how amazing the comeback was, but what are you doing down 33 points? Like, you can't do that against great teams in the playoffs. Like, you can't do that. I don't even think you do that against the Packers in the, um, if you have to play the Packers in the postseason. I know they beat the Packers earlier this season, but this Packers team is a different team now. I don't know if you could do that against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Definitely not the 49ers or the Eagles. Uh, Bills demolished the Bears 35-13. Chiefs beat the Seahawks 24-10. Seahawks, you know, they need some wins here to make the playoffs. Uh, Ravens 17-9 against the Falcons. I don't really believe in the Ravens either. Um, And then Jets only scored three points with Zach Wilson. He gets benched for a fourth-string quarterback. Um, And, yeah, that was bad. And now... Uh, Mike White got cleared to play. Zach Wilson might be done New York after the season, you know, because they they didn't put Joe Flacco and they put the fourth string quarterback in and he played better than Zach Wilson. So that's a problem. Um, And then let's see. Let's check out the standings. So as far as the AFC goes, the seventh spot and the sixth spot you have. You have the the Chargers are 9-6, winners of three straight. They're finally on a roll. They could actually make the playoffs, even though I said I was done with them. Uh, Dolphins eight and seven losers of four straight, and then the Patriots, who have have so many struggles offensively, are seven and eight in the eighth spot. Jets seven and eight losers of four straight. The Titans are losers of five straight. They were seven and three. Now they're seven and eight losers of five straight. They have they have not been good offensively or defensively. Um, I man, that's crazy. They just like what a turnaround for them over the last month or so. Um. And the Jets, too, lose their fourth straight. They need one of these quarterbacks to take them over the top. Because there's a... For these three teams, the Patriots, Jets, and Titans, there's a... I mean, even the Steelers, if you want to say the Steelers. All these teams could still make the playoffs. Even the Raiders could actually make the playoffs, which is insane. But they just need a consistent quarterback play from the Patriots, Jets, and Titans. They just need them a quarterback who's not going to turn the ball over and who's going to have a good game. Because the Dolphins, they seem like they're just trying to miss the playoffs. But even losing four straight, they're still in the seventh spot, which is just crazy to me. And then uh, you have uh, the Jaguars took over that fourth seed. 
leading the uh, AFC South with a seven and eight record, and then the top three you're going to win it: the Bills twelve and three, Chiefs twelve and three, Bengals eleven and four, and then the NFC you have the Commanders in that seventh spot, seven seven and one, and then you have Seahawks, Lions, Packers, all seven and eight that have a chance to uh, get into that last spot. Giants eight six and one, holding on to that sixth spot. And then the one the teams that have clinched are the Eagles, Vikings, Niners, and Cowboys. Uh, top three are the Eagles, thirteen and two. Vikings twelve and three, but I just yeah, I don't believe the Vikings. And then 49ers, 11 and four, winners of eight straight, the hottest team in football right now. Um, then you have the Buccaneers, fourth spot, seven and eight, winning that NFC South right now. But um, the Panthers are still in it. All right, so let's make our picks for Week 17. You have the 49ers at Las Vegas playing the Raiders. They are they are favored by six points. So I'll take the points. I'm taking the 49ers to win that game. Brock Purdy will win another game. And so that'll be uh, nine straight for them. Uh, Cowboys at Titans. Cowboys are favored by 10 points. This is a Thursday night game. I'm taking, I'm taking the Cowboys. The Titans are in free fall right now. They're just terrible. Uh, Lions at Bear or Bears at Lions. I'm taking the Lions minus six. Broncos at Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored 13 points. I just I was so wrong on the Broncos. I had them over 11 wins this year. Just terrible. Uh, Browns at Commanders. I guess I'll take the Commanders minus two. I don't trust Carson Wentz, but we'll see. Cardinals at Falcons. I don't even want to watch this game. They should not show this game on any TV because you have Desmond Ritter who threw for like 60 yards his last game, and then you have. I mean, who's playing for the Cardinals? Is it uh, Colt McCoy or something? Um, I guess I'll take the Falcons. I have no idea. Uh, Colts and Giants. I'm taking the Giants minus six. Dolphins and Patriots. I don't know if two is going to play. He had another concussion. He has three concussions. Like, I'm really worried about his health. Like, I just hope he's, like, actually taken care of. They might shut him down. I feel like they should shut him down because, like, they're not going to beat any of the other top three seeds in the in the uh, AFC. Um, I'm taking the Patriots because I don't think that two is going to play. So minus two and a half. Uh, Jaguars at Titans I'm, or Texans. I'm taking the Jags minus four. Oh, here we go. Here's the showdown. Panthers at Buccaneers minus three. The Buccaneers are favored. I'm going to go with the Panthers because I want to see some drama in the NFC South. And I'm, I'm taking the Panthers, the team that no one's going to pick, but I'm picking the Panthers to beat the Buccaneers because I want some chaos. I want both teams to be 7-9 and nine, heading into Week 18, last week of the NFL season. Saints and Eagles, I'm going the Eagles minus 7 with or without Jalen Hurts. Seahawks and Jets, I'm going with the Seahawks. Geno Smith to crush the playoff hopes of his former team in the New York Jets. Rams at Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers minus six and a half. Vikings at Packers. Here we go. I'm taking the Packers minus three. As I said it earlier, since I said it earlier that the Vikings probably wouldn't be able to beat the Packers in the playoffs, I am standing by my words and I'm picking the Packers to upset the Vikings. And then that would mean the 49ers probably move into that second spot. Actually, no, they wouldn't because that would give them a tie and the Vikings already beat the 49ers earlier this year. Uh, Steelers at Ravens. I'm going with the, I guess I'll go with the Ravens minus three. I'm not sold on the Ravens. And then Monday night, this is going to be a great game. 
We have the Bills at the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals. Uh, yeah, the Bengals. I'm, I'm picking the Bengals who are not favored. The Bills are favored by one point. I'm taking the Bengals to win at home in Cincinnati. That is going to be a great Monday night game. I'm excited for that one. Uh, Bengals at Bills. Wow, that's a good one. Or Bills at Bengals. Well, that's all I have for today's podcast. Thank you for joining me. We'll be back into the new year in 2023 so have a happy and safe happy new year and um yeah don't drink and drive and we'll see you in 2023 as 2022 comes to a close uh not the most memorable year for me but um neither have the last two years have been but hopefully 2023 i turn a leaf or turn some corners something happens something 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 good happens, you know. Um, hopefully, I get some consistency in my work life. But, uh, but yeah, thanks for joining me, and we'll be back uh, next week, probably later in the week. Thank you.